Welcome to First Laughs, my attempt to document what it's like to start out from scratch in stand-up comedy. For years, I've been emceeing shows, concerts, and poetry readings, and public events of all kinds. And at those things, I usually try to make people laugh, and I usually succeed. And a couple times a year, someone will come up to me afterward and say, you know, you should try stand-up comedy. And I always say, oh, thank you very much, that's very kind of you to say. But in my brain, I am thinking, no, I shouldn't. Because it's a very, very different thing to be funny kind of on the spot when other things are happening and you're reacting to them than it is to be intentionally funny using a bunch of material you've written for the occasion. I, I now know this for a fact. Tonight was my very first ever paid stand-up show. It was at a club called Wisecrackers Comedy Club in a party house in State College, Pennsylvania, the town where Penn State is. And I was the MC. The MC's job is to warm up the crowd in the beginning, bring up the main comedians, after, you know, doing a few minutes of jokes, bring up the feature comedian, come back up, maybe just immediately bring up the main act, or in the case of tonight, do a couple minutes because the main act had asked me to do a couple minutes. And then at the end, if there's any wrap-up business, the MC comes up and does that. So tonight I did about eight minutes of stand-up altogether, which you'll hear on this show. And the only thing you won't hear is the portion of the evening where I killed. Like, literally had the room in the palm of my hand. The reason you won't hear it is because it was the raffle. I, I got more laughs on the raffle than on anything I said the entire night. Of course, I didn't record it because it was the raffle. But that's kind of the point. The raffle, there was something going on. There was something to react to. And when the job is to look around immediately and say something funny about that thing that's happening right then, I can always do that. But I just, I'm not yet, I mean, tonight was my first time. Well, technically my second time. I also auditioned in front of an audience. But my first time, you know, professionally if I can use that word, trying to make people laugh. And I'm not yet comfortable in that space. I just don't, I don't feel like myself up there. And then as soon as people don't laugh or they laugh, but you know, they kind of laugh half-heartedly, then immediately you feel like you're climbing your way up out of a pit. I came on stage and I, you know, I did the warm-up material, welcome to the show and make everybody clap a million times and hello to the Penns Valley Little League girls softball team and get them to clap and all those things, right? I'm not going to put this in the show because just, you don't want to hear it and it's very specific to the evening. So this clip, this is my my main bit of stand up, and the applause that's happening uh, right before this is applause for you know let's hear it for the Penns Valley whatever, and then me going into my act. Okay, so here it is, my very first time getting paid to be a stand-up comedian. More Penns Valley softball, they in the house, we got some Penns Valley softball here. 
very, very nice. That's very exciting. Now, uh, I'm intentionally wearing all black because uh, I'm actually pretty overweight now. And just in case you can't tell from looking at me straight on, I'm going to give you one of these. Right? That's like third trimester weight right there. Luckily, he put a ring on it. Uh, anyway, the, I'm telling you this tonight because uh, th this is really a war on Tuesday. One is I, I love snack food. Like, like, love snack food. And the other is I feel super guilty about loving snack food. I go to a, a grocery store that has those self-checkout lanes, and I only ever use the self-checkout lane because I'm always so ashamed of what I'm buying in the grocery store. I used to walk home the same way every day to this grocery store that had the self-checkout lane. It has a little computer, it has a woman's voice, and I would usually be on the phone with the same friend every day until she started referring to this computer as my girlfriend. Sadly, it's probably my longest, most successful relationship with the checkout computer. Usually when I go through the checkout lane, this, is, this would be a typical daily purchase for me. Like a can of Pringles, a package of Oreos, maybe like a six pack of Appalachian root beer, and a head of broccoli. <laughs> like, who is the head of broccoli for? It's not an artificial intelligence. It's essentially a calculator. It has no idea that I'm buying a head of broccoli. I will go through, this is what I would get. I will get this every single day. Because no matter how much snack food I get, I will eat it that night. I have often gone to uh, get a can of Pringles and thought, you know, maybe I ought to get a snack for after this can of Pringles. Because a can of Pringles is only about that big. It's kind of like a pre-snack snack. It's a snack before you really start snacking. Recently, though, I changed jobs, and now I don't walk home past this grocery store anymore. Now I walk past a CVS and a convenience store. And the difference is that they both have live human beings in them. This is a very terrifying thing for me, and I've actually worked out a system now where if I go into the CVS and I see the same person who was there yesterday, the store to the convenience store, as if the people at the CVS are keeping some kind of log, right? Now here comes that fat bastard again. More Pringles there, Doughboy? <laughs> that is definitely not happening. They don't even know that I'm there. Last week, though, there was a tragedy at my CVS. They hired an attractive young woman as a cashier. Now, if I was buying a decoy head of broccoli to give to the computer, you can imagine my terror at the attractive young woman at the CVS. Even though everybody in the CVS, right, nobody is over in CVS's organic food department. I mean, if you're <laughs> buying food at a CVS, you're buying crappy food. We're all in this boat together. I took my, my purchases, you know, my bag of diabetes and my drink to wash it down up to, up to the nice woman, and I said, and I swear to God I actually said this, my teenage sons are at my house, and they asked me to bring home some snack food. Okay, now first of all, my sons are not teenagers. Second of all, I just threw a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old under the snack bus without even thinking about it, and I will do it again the next time she's working there. The, uh, the, the problem with thinking of her this way, right, is the same thing all straight men. We all have this thing where every woman that we encounter is a potential date, right? Now, when she sees me, she's, I mean, she's 20-something years old, right? She's probably a food science major who's, like, studying the effects of depression and overeating of snacks on 41-year-old divorced fathers of two, right? She's not thinking of me as a potential mate when I'm up there at the register. You know, and it's not like I want to eat the way I eat or to look the way I look. I used to be a vegan. Does it, I can hear some derisive laughter in the audience. <laughs> a vegan, if you, if you don't know, um, is 
like a vegetarian, but way more obnoxious. They don't, they don't eat or use any animal products. They're, they're essentially like the Jehovah's Witnesses of the vegetarian world. Now don't get me wrong, I agree with the principles of being a vegan, and I might be one again someday. I'm just saying that I think more people might convert to veganism if fewer people ever had to talk to one. I, however, I think I must be the only person who falls into this next category, which was that I was a vegan for four years, and in those four years, I wait. I switched to a plant-based diet, and I gained 20 pounds. Have you ever seen an obese deer? <laughs> Who's ever heard of such a thing? But it turns out that most of the crap that I like to eat is vegan. Pringles are vegan. Oreos are vegan. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Yes, they are. Most bread is vegan. Pasta is vegan. Rice is vegan. And did you know, I had to look this up, but did you know that if your diet consists of nothing but carbs and root beer, you're probably going to put on a few pounds. It turns out that if your personal food pyramid is upside down and buried point first in the ground, you might need to rethink your diet. Look, uh, tonight we have an amazing show for you. As Tom mentioned, in just a little while, you're going to hear from Gary Delina. Let Gary Delina hear it. Oh my God, go look it out, people. Very nice. Up first, though, your featured comic is, he's absolutely fabulous. I've seen this guy, and he's very, very funny. He has uh, shared the stage with a number of great comics. He was recently on Gotham Comedy Live. Would you please give an enormous Wisecrackers welcome to John Romanoff! John Romanoff, over here! So there you go. That was my act. Uh, John Romanoff, who came up next, actually made a great joke. Um, because I did a bunch of material about my weight, and John's a very big man. And uh, he made a great joke about me being his goal weight, which I thought was very, very funny, and uh, and got a big laugh. So then he did his act, which was great. He got a lot of laughs. Uh, crowd really liked him. And then I came back up. And again, uh, many times the MC doesn't actually do any jokes in between the two acts. Usually you're supposed to read the room. This is all based on research I've done. You're supposed to kind of read the room, and if a ton of people get up to go to the bathroom in between acts, then you know you take one for the team and do a few minutes. In this case, though, the headliner had asked me to do a few minutes, and luckily I had prepared some extra material. Had asked he asked me to do a few minutes, and so I did. And this is what that sounded. Like. <laughs> Are you having a good time so far? Are you having a good time so far? Yeah. Very nice. Hey, uh, by round of applause, who's here for the first time? Very nice. Now, buttons, some people raise their hands over here, right? Exactly. Yes, that's right. Those are the short bus kids that John was going out. It's always nice when they can come out. That's really great. Thanks for being here. Are you gonna? Of course she is. Of course she is. Have you met any students from Central VA? Of course she's a teacher. That's a low blow. My kids are students in Central PA, and she's their teacher. Uh, by the sound of one hand clapping, how many Buddhists are in the room today? Wow, a lot of you. That's great. I, actually, I'm a Buddhist. Uh, there are all kinds of Buddhists like this. The kind of Buddhists like me who basically just sit still and meditate every day. And then there's ones who believe kinds of crazy shit like demons and magic and that the Star Wars prequels were good. Uh, speaking, there's a new Star Wars movie. Is 
there one this year? When does that come out? Does anybody know? December. Oh, you're single too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> nice try, pal. It comes out in 300 days, 14 hours. Hold on, I can actually do this. Uh, it's 9.48, so, uh, and 12 minutes. That's when the next Star Wars movie comes out. You don't have to wait nearly that long, however, for the next amazing comedian. He has never been, he's been on HBO, he's been in every comedy room in this country. Would you please give an incredible Wisecrackers welcome for the extremely funny Gary Delita! So that was my time in between the two guys, and then the headliner came up. He did great. It was a, a great show altogether. Uh, Gary Delina is his name. And then I came back up at the end, and we gave away some tickets to the next show next weekend, and, you know, kind of the, the usual, like, end of club, end of the show business. But there was the group in there, the, the Penns Valley softball people. And so they had a silent auction and they had a raffle of some big prizes and that they had a 50-50 raffle. And I did all those things. And while I was doing it, they were really, really, really laughing. In fact, I stopped after the second raffle item and said, you guys are laughing way harder at this raffle than at anything I said in my act, the stuff I actually prepared and rehearsed. And it was true. I think for me, the trick going forward is going to be to figure out how to turn what I can do in the moment into things I can then repeat and still have them be funny later. I mean, this is not a revelation, right? That's that's what stand-up comedy is. But for me, I'm still too early in the mechanics of it to actually know how to capture that moment of inspiration and make it into something I can say again and, and really believe in and sell on stage. I also really have to work on my timing. There's a there's a lot to work on. So I've got uh, two shows tomorrow, and I'll probably put another episode of this up so you can hear how those went. And then uh, I've got another show in a week, and then right now, not again for another month after that. So this will be an infrequent show, but uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jason Crane. This is First Laughs. Three, two, one.